Welcome to the Psychology World Podcast. I'm Connor Whiteley, bringing you with psychology news, articles and other interesting psychology related articles. You where I can find the podcast notes and more interesting psychology related things and you can get your free 8 psychology book box set at connorwhiteley.net. Now let's get on to the show. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 144 of the Psychology World Podcast with me, Karen Whiteley. And today's episode is on why do people emotionally abuse each other? So this is a really interesting podcast episode about emotional abuse and actually why people want to do it. Because when we think about it, it's such an unthinkable, horrible thing to do. But people still do it, so why? This is a great podcast episode that I've really enjoyed researching and that you should enjoy it too. And it is Saturday the 9th of April 2022 as I record this. So moving on to the psychology news section, we can be reading from the British Psychological Society Research Digest. The first one is, here are the personality traits of the self-made millionaire. Open quote. Let me tell you about the very rich. Close a quote. Wrote F. Scott Fitzgerald in The Rich Boy. Open quote. They are different from you and me. Close a quote. Fitzgerald's narrator was referring to the way welfare can shape people's character, but a new study suggests that people with particular personalities may also be more likely to become wealthier in the first place. Writing in Humanities and Social Sciences Communications, the team finds that millionaires have a unique pattern of personality traits compared to the rest of us, and this is especially true for millionaires who made their wealth on their own. So I'm actually just going to click on the article article that because it was actually quite interesting because it turned out that the self-made millionaires actually tended to be more risk tolerant and they were more open to experiences they were more extroverted and they actually had higher levels of conscientiousness but they were less neurotic so from a personality psychology perspective this is actually yeah because this is actually quite interesting and it does actually tell us like a bit about the psych group of people though because they're more likely to like take a risk and they're more willing to actually try and experience newer things. And because they're more extroversion, and like they're more willing to actually go out, go after those opportunities through talking and actually interacting with other people. So very, very interesting. That, and I think there's a lot that all of us can actually take away like from that. For example, like maybe we should all be a bit more like open to new experiences, try to be a bit more like extroverted, despite how hard that might be. And definitely try to be less neurotic. And if you wanted to learn more about uh, um, personality psychology and individual differences, then please uh, check out my book uh, with the same title, available in all the usual places. So the second one is, people who grew up in cities tend to be worse navigators. The environment in which you grew up can have a long-lasting effect on your navigation skills, according to an analysis of a data from nearly 400,000 players on a mobile game. People who spent their childhood in rural or suburban areas tended to be far better at navigating in the game Sea Hero Quest than those who grew up in cities. This difference could be seen decades later, the researchers report in nature, and it was particularly striking in their countries where, where cities are in their grid allowed. And I can actually understand this, because in rural settings, 
I don't know if you have ever like been in there, but the British rural settings, how can I put this delicately? It's pretty much, it's so badly signpost and yeah, it's just not, it is honestly just not like the best of, like navigation and it's just so hard to get from like one area to another, like with one or without a map. So what you really, really do need to be quite good like navigation. Thankfully, I've never lived in a, a rural area and I've only like, visited or been there for like, a, a few days. And no, I would not want to live there. <laughs> yeah, so like, there's definitely that though. And yes, I don't like, live in a like, city area, but I would say I live in a more like, suburban area. Yeah, like area though. But, but the good thing about cities though is, of course, like you've got tons of like, maps, everything in here, but like, everything is like signposted. So all you need to do is that you would just need to follow like signposts and you don't necessarily need to do any more like navigation than that so very interesting and the last one is what leads people to believe that they have been abducted by aliens and this is something that i've actually been wanting to cover for quite a while and i think for halloween i think i'm going to try and do some paranormal psychology like episodes because that's another area of a psychology that we've never um, looked at alien abduction stories are at least in the west relatively common from as far back as the early 60s, there have been reports of a people being stole, um, stolen away by aliens, typically at night, often for various physics-defining experiments, before being returned home in one apiece. And while stories like these might strike some as delusions that would typically arise from certain mental health issues, studies have found that abductees are no more likely than anyone else to have conditions affecting their perception of reality. Thanks to psychological research over the past few decades, however, we can probably conclude that these aliens' misadventures arrive due to two entirely more mundane phenomenons, sleep phasia and false memories. Ah, oh, and it's actually uh, the whole like sleep, oh, sleep paralysis. <laughs> oh yeah, everyone, I was like, I slightly like misses out like read that. So sleep paralysis and false memories. And it's actually the whole like sleep paralysis that really like kicks off the whole process. Because like, um, sleep paralysis is that when you're lying in a bed, but then you can't move. So you are basically awake, but you are, but you are, cannot move. And what's actually really like normal in these sort of like situations is that the people tend to experience very specific sets of hallucinations. For example, buzzing and a flashing lights. So which, if you've ever like looked in at like alien abduction stories, which I haven't, I've just like heard them. It's that they're always the really common threads. And those flashing lights and the buzzing are but two of the commonalities. And it's actually quite interesting to see how like these different um phenomena can actually warp our perception at like such. I'm gonna say extreme degrees that people actually believe that they've been abducted by aliens. So that's enough psychology news section. So let's move on to the personal update. So we're uh, moving on to the personal update. This week has been a rather like busy one and actually a quite like a strange one because two main things have actually happened. So earlier in the week, I like went up to London for London Book Fair, which is a major international publishing conference. So that was actually quite interesting to actually like get to like talk to like, other authors and to actually see where the industry was actually going. That was. And I'm not actually going to talk about it too much simply because there's nothing like relevant to form all of you like wonderful people. But the only thing that I will say about it is though is that because for two solid days I was surrounded by noise, yeah, but like constant noise, so many people, yes, and also like train noises. Uh, 
first day it was actually so weird to actually get back to like a quiet house and actually have a relative silence that yeah <laughs> yeah that really really did take me like quite a while to get used to but on the new relative like psychology front i've actually started to like write up the literature review for my for my like psychology placement so i've like done the introduction and people who <laughs> and people like, who would do this for like living and like masters and like phd students i'm really impressed at because I really do not think I would want to do it if I like, live in there. Yeah, well, like, simply like because they're like, it does take you like quite a while. But like find the right words, find the research, write it up in a like good enough structure, and also I try to like say stuff as concisely as possible. But I am like, enjoying it, and I definitely know that because of this placement, I feel like my academic writing is in improving. And I know that going into my final year, but like this placement that would have really helped me and they give me like lots of the skills. Um, so if you're thinking of doing a like say ecology placement, then definitely, definitely do it because it will really help you. And as always, I always love to hear your thoughts and feelings on today's episode. So you can always email me, conwhiteleyconwhiteley.net. You can always leave a comment in the show notes at conwhiteley.net forward slash podcast. And you can always tweet me on Twitter at sci-fi-whiteley. I always love to hear from all of you because it really helps make the podcast feel more like a conversation. And the sponsored product for today's episode is Abnormal Psychology, the Causes and Treatments of Depression, Anxiety and More, a third edition. So this is an absolute brilliant book which will really help you get a much deeper understanding of how like depression works. It works that way. So it looks at the biological, social and, and the cognitive causes of a depression and also looks at anxiety, schizophrenia, and so many more great conditions that are really like in that trust in. Yeah, well, in that trust in them. So I cannot recommend this. A great, really easy to understand book enough. So if you wanted that, that is Abnormal Psychology, The Causes and Treatments of Depression, available from all major ebook retailers, payback and the hardback version from Amazon, your local bookstore and local library if you request it. But if you didn't want to buy a book, but you still wanted to give the podcast a bit of like one-time support, then you can have buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash conwisely. So well, let's get on with the content part of today's episode. So but moving on to the content part of today's episode. So we're going to be talking and talking about why do people emotionally abuse others? And with like psychology being the scientific study of our behaviour, it only makes sense that we want to understand people who abuse each other. So but that's going to be the focus of today's episode. But before we talk about um, why people would do it, we actually need to talk about what is emotional abuse. Because as I said, emotional abuse and to be honest, any sort of abuse is one of those things that people talk about, but we don't really have a firm understanding of what it actually in those. Because until this episode, I knew what emotional abuse was, but if you ask me how to define it, well, I wouldn't be able to give you a very firm definition. Therefore, just so everyone is on the same page, emotional abuse is when people use a use their behaviours and the words to frighten someone and slash or, or cause them emotional distress or pain, leading to the victim to develop a siege mentality over time. That makes it difficult for them to trust others and to form close relationships. How does emotional abuse manifest itself? So but there are four ways that um, emotional abuse reveals itself, uh, which are verbal abuse, where the abuser uses words or other vocalisations to hurt you emotionally or frighten you, as well as how uh, this includes yelling, threatening, name-calling and intimidation. 
social isolation, where the abuser prevents you from socialising with others, and this makes you feel lonely and depressed. Passive aggression. With these types of abuse, is using inner direct methods to but communicate their negative attitudes towards you. For instance, if you were meant to be going out with a friend for dinner and you forgot, got and then the friend calls you, reminds you, and you rush out the door to get to the restaurant, naturally you would apologise, but your friend might say they're okay with it, but act all quiet and grumpy for the rest of the evening. Gaslighting. Now, I've seen a lot of the content on this um, area like recently and over the past few months, and I uh, do actually want to do some uh, podcast episodes on it in uh, the future. But uh, gaslighting just uh, seems like a word that I was meant to know. But now, while we uh, can all thankfully find out what it is, gaslighting is a covert type of abuse that denies what the victim feels that they know with a certainty, leading them to question their senses, sanities, and judgment. For example, your partner throws away a book that they know that you were going to read and love that, but then they deny that they ever saw it, hence making you question whether you were imagining things or not. Another example is your partner cracks your phone screen when you aren't looking and then they insist that they saw you drop it on the floor, again making you question are you forgetting things or not. And personally, this is absolutely disgusting. And I'm honestly shocked that people actually do that. People actually do this because it does sound so horrific. It sounds like something that you would just never imagine doing to another person. I just do not know why people would do it because this is so evil. It's absolutely evil. And when I was actually writing that bit of the blog post, I was so I was actually speechless because why would you make someone feel like that? Yeah, to be honest, I think I'm gonna have to do some podcast episodes on it in the future <laughs> okay so why do people emotionally abuse others so whether they have like five reasons are which we're going to look at now an abuser gets off on controlling others or seeing that people will suffer whilst this is not su- surprising it is still good in a way to have the research confirm that the feeling of a of a control and, and being powerful can give someone immense pleasure Therefore, these uh, people abuse others because they enjoy the feeling of controlling others and watching them suffer too. This is why, according to Bogorov, 2020, psychopaths, sadists and narcissists might be drawn to emotional abuse because the pleasure these types of people will take in having power over others and seeing them suffer. Revenge as with most revenge-related behaviours, it is very interesting because it's extremely subjective. Objective. For example, you might not believe that you did anything wrong, and sometimes, uh, and sometimes that will be true. In uh, these cases, it is about a person perceiving you wronging them. So they are going to get um, revenge. Whatever the case, if someone wants revenge against you, emotional abuse can get a very attractive option because it can do a lot of damage. As well as the legal system isn't really a, isn't a really a setup to well well to handle emotional abuse. And of course, I, that only applies like, if that's a barrier for them, which of course in like, most cases that actually isn't. However, unlike sadists, abusers who are seeking revenge don't necessarily take a pleasure from seeing others in a pain per se, since their pleasure comes comes from their own retribution and the act of getting revenge itself. Abusers stand to gain from incapacitating you. 
Now, this is a really interesting motive because sometimes abusers emotionally abuse others because there are major benefits from having you incapacitated. Since frequent emotional abuse leads to impaired ability to function and it causes mental distress, leading people to lack the drive, energy and sexual clarity of the mind to fulfil normal duties. And in some of the most extreme cases, sometimes the victim agrees with the abuser that the best place for them is a mental hospital. And of course this has been done in books, TV and films so many times, but this is absolutely horrific and horrifying because this motive can actually work so well that evil or bad people can effectively use it to get custody of a children, a job promotion or to get you fired and get access to all of your money. That I would, no, that that I honestly think is just terrifying. <laughs> Wants to rise in the ranks. And this leads on from the last point. Since some are rather awful people but use emotional abuse to rise up in the ranks of an organisation. Of an organisation, they do this by emotionally abusing others in the workplace by bullying them. As well as this abuse can be designed in such a way that tilts the balance of power in their direction between their colleagues because they're envious of their victim's success or they want the promotion that the victim is likely to get. Therefore, by bullying and abusing others, the abuser can gain the power over the victim. That makes the abuser induce fear or distress in the victim, meaning that the abuser can exploit that power to make themselves look successful, whilst the victim looks nothing more like an absolute failure. And I really hope this never happens to me or anyone else. Attention and sympathy. And now, this is the reason I definitely never would afford to buy myself. But some abusers use emotional abuse to make people give them affirmation, sympathy and attention. Since this is what makes a martyr tick because some people decide to play a martyr to engage in self-sacrifice in order to solicit affirmation, sympathy and evoke guilt in other people. For example, if your brother is moving into a new home with his partner and you offer to help him, but he declined, then he would do all of the moving himself in an act of self-sacrifice and expect you to feel sorry for him afterwards. Yet, if you don't feel sorry, he would start to guilt trip you and that's the bit of emotional abuse. And it's also in like a portion, though, even though that example and like that one off might not seem like emotional abuse, these sort of people don't just stop at one example because they tend to do it multiple times. It took me about a times though. There are plenty of other reasons why people abuse others, both emotionally and physically, and it does make for interesting reading. But I think that we can all agree that this is awful, unneeded, and people shouldn't do it in the slightest because of the amount of damage that it can do for a person. So please, my unofficial tip would be, if you think you're being emotionally abused, be aware of it and try to deal with it. Maybe cut that friend or family member out of your life, for report the abuser to your bosses or your boss's boss, if your boss is the abuser, or but do something else entirely. There is no place for emotional abuse in the world. So I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode and that you got something out of it. I really did, and I really do like exploring that this is the darker form of um, psychology and human behaviour. If you know anyone who would enjoy today's episode, then please share it with them. I'm always really grateful when you wonderful people help us spread the word to you about the podcast.
and to definitely uh, check out uh, Normal Psychology, The Causes and Treatments of Depression, Anxiety and More, a third edition. It's a great book that I cannot recommend enough. And if you liked today's episode but you didn't want to buy a book, then uh, please uh, check out buymeacoffee.com forward slash conwhitely. So have a great day everyone and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to see the show notes, then please go to connorwhitesley.net. And if you want a free Ada book psychology box set, then please go to connorwhitesley.net. Have a great day and I'll see you next time.